the lights off, so hope that's okay with everybody. Pray with me quick. Jesus, thank you so much for everything. For your love, for your blessings, for your grace that covers us. We pray as we uh, just, just take a little bit of your word today. Let's you plant the seeds that grow and that go from here and produce more seeds, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. We pray this all in your name. Amen. <clears throat> so we decided about a month ago, two months ago, that today was going to be kind of an all-worship Sunday. And so the worship team is going to come back up in just a minute with more, uh, more music. And so today I wanted to talk a little bit about worship and what worship is and why we worship. The true definition of worship from Webster's is to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power or to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Doesn't say anything about music, does it? But yet, music helps us. Musical worship, what we think of as church worship, brings us to a place that allows us to express our hearts to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. And so, talking about worship, I wanted to get a more full picture for us. John chapter 4, the beginning of the chapter, Jesus is talking to the woman at Jacob's well. And then it goes like this. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in the truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. If you look at this, a couple of things. First of all, Jesus tells us the, uh, the lady, you worship what you don't know. Because she, they didn't know salvation at that point. But then, a little bit later in the story, they found out because Jesus' death on the cross was for everybody. The other thing that sticks out for me in this, before we get to the end was that, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain 
nor in Jerusalem. The Jews thought we could only worship in Jerusalem in the temple. It's the only place. But Jesus tells her already, the time's coming where you're going to be able to worship me wherever you want. But true worship is in spirit. And that's not just lowercase spirit. It's uppercase spirit. That's the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The Holy Spirit's job is to guide us and to be with us. And he lives right here. And who's the Holy Spirit? It's Jesus. It's Jesus' spirit. But we also worship in the truth. And you know what the truth is? The truth is reality, folks. It's life. It's what's going on. It's the good. It's the bad. It's the ugly. It's the meh. It's everything. We worship in spirit, in the spirit, and in the truth. Our worship can't change based on our circumstances. Because Jesus is right there with us. He's right there with us. We worship a lot of things, or people do, I should say. They worship other people, careers, money, objects. There's a scripture about worshiping money, isn't there, Isaac? Yeah, yeah. It's not really a good thing. Worship's whatever we give our deepest affections and our highest praise to. True worship of Jesus is when we love him with our whole hearts, our whole soul, with all of our strengths, when we let that spirit show us. Go ahead to the next uh, scripture there, Olivia. Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength pretty much sums up all of you. Everything that makes you, you. That's what we worship with. That's what we love with. And worship is first and foremost a heart issue. Go ahead to that, um, the next one in Matthew. Jesus is talking about the Pharisees because they thought they had it all figured out. And he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Merely human rules. They were given, they were given God lip service. As long as they were following the rules, or at least the ones that they wanted to follow, we all know how that went. 
their hearts weren't in it. When we come on Sunday mornings, or we're sitting in our, our car, we're laying in our bed at home, maybe you're sweeping, dusting, cleaning up at home. Maybe you're out on a jog or a walk. Worship is first and foremost a heart issue. But it carries over. Worship is bigger than that. Go ahead to 1 Corinthians, Olivia. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything that we do is for the glory of God. Eating and drinking are the, are the number one thing that we have to do to stay alive, right? Number three, well, breathing. Number three is worshiping. So when you're doing your most mundane tasks, we're still worshiping the Lord. When we worship in spirit and truth, <clears throat> it infuses every single aspect of our lives. Every aspect. Whether we're at our jobs, whether we're at school, everything. A few, uh, it's been a while. The last time I, I spoke, we talked about What's God's will for us? And I, and I use this next scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5. Rejoice always, worship always, pray continually, and giving thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's worship. God's will for us is to worship. We rejoice we give thanks and we pray. Prayer is nothing more than communication with our, with our Lord, with our friend. I'm going to read a psalm for you today, the whole thing. So bear with me. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Let Israel say his love endures forever let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord, and he brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns in the name of the Lord. I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. 
The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. Who's the righteous? We all are because we have Jesus. I will give you thanks for you answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, Jesus. The Lord has done this and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed, he, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. This is King David. King David understood it. It didn't matter what he did. He knew he had to worship because he knew the Lord was good. When we, when we come on Sunday mornings, when we, we're in our cars, we're do, doing those things, we're worshiping, we let our heart open to something bigger than ourselves. If you would, just, just close your eyes for a second. Think about your life. The major events, the minor events. Think about each situation. Think about the hard times, the lean times. Think about the times that you wanted to give up. Think about the times when everything was going great and then it wasn't. Think about your happiest times. Think about the times you've laid awake with worry. Think about the times when you've fallen asleep with a smile on your face. Think about the moments that you were completely uncertain of the outcome. In all of these situations, King Jesus was with us. He was right beside of us. He might even have been holding us in his arms. That's what worship is about, true worship. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. On the cross that we celebrated last week, celebrated Resurrection Sunday, on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. The Greek for it is finished is future perfect, which means it is finished yesterday, today, and every day after. He gave us, he gave us victory. When we worship, we're celebrating that victory in every situation. 
Look at this last scripture. For the Lord, your God, is the one that goes with you, with you, to fight for you against your enemies, to give you victory. That's, that's what worship is. It's celebrating. It's giving praise, great extravagant praise to the one that gives us victory in everything, in every situation. Let's worship some more today.